the end from the beginning. And uh, uh, I'm going to show you um, some uh, insight into Christmas that uh, you probably uh, may not have ever considered. But hi, guys. But uh, we're going to look at it. So if you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 is where we're starting today. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Father, I thank you for the Word of God. I pray that you will open our eyes, that we can see in our ears, that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed in the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us today. Show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate as we yield ourselves, sanctify ourselves, and surrender ourselves to you and to hearing your Word, hearing your voice. As you speak to us through the Holy Spirit, we'll receive it, we'll release it to your people, and we'll be corrected and changed, we'll be developed in you, and we will be blessed by all measure. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead, amen and amen. You may be seated. Of course, Isaiah's prophecy is... Uh, prophesying of the the coming of Jesus Christ. And we're in the time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we have celebrated Him from here. We've seen Him from here. And we've looked into Him from here. I'm Selby 67 on Sunday. I know I don't look like it, but look at me from this side. And uh, we have celebrated Jesus Christ for 67 years of my life as the baby that came and the baby that uh, was birthed. And we've loved on that baby and we've watched the stories about that baby, and I don't think we really ever understood the nature of why he was born, because in general, we tell people that Jesus Christ was born so that you could be saved, that if you were the only one alive, he would have died for you, and we build up these great talking points about Jesus Christ as if the story of truth about him would never be enough. The story of truth concerning him would never be enough. Now, the world, of course, doesn't identify with Jesus as we know him. We look around our world today and we see him not even mentioned in Christmas anymore. It's Happy Holidays, we see Merry Xmas, all kinds of 
invalid and foolish things that the world does to try and eliminate the birth of Jesus Christ out of the consciousness of mankind. Of course, this is interesting because all that they really are doing is identifying their own selfishness and their own self-indulgence and all of those things about self that we know that was created in man when he fell. And so when we look at this, the elimination uh, of Christ means the elimination of the plan of God. Well, in the ancient of times, and I want to take you back to that scripture, and from the ancient times, that means from the foundation of the world of which Jesus spoke of when he said that he would return to his father and retake the position of which he held from the foundation of the world. So now we realize that there has been something that has happened from the foundation of the world that would result in there being a body. I've often said that we've never understood how communion worked because Jesus talked about two things in communion. He said, this is my body broken for you and this is my blood shed for you. My body given for you and my blood shed for you. And we've never understood the significance of what the body and the blood do. We thought that out of the body simply came the blood. And we thought that Leviticus 17, 11 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no atonement. That the blood is the life and without the shedding of blood, there is no atonement. So there had to be a body for there to be an atonement. Hence, the ministry that says he did this just for you. Well, here's the truth about Christmas that you've never heard before. Here's the truth about the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that you have never heard before. In the beginning, the angel said in Matthew chapter 1, that this child would be called Emmanuel. And it would mean God with us. God told the end from the beginning. The baby hadn't been born yet. In Luke chapter 2, after he was born, the angel said, He is a Savior, Christ the Lord. Now why is that important in the baby's story? Why is that important to you and me? Well, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you not for one red cent. I'm going to just give it to you this morning. Free of charge. Huh? Emmanuel meant that the blood of God flowed through his veins. Emmanuel meant that when Jesus Christ was born, through him flowed royal blood. Out of him then would come what the angel said at his birth was that he would be a savior and he would become Christ and he would become Lord. All of that is important because without the blood, you have no savior. 
Without the body, you have no Christ. Without the resurrection and ascension, you have no Lord. Now we all look at these and we say, well, we know we need a Savior. And we see the baby in the manger and he grew up to be a Savior. How did he save us? Because he shed the blood of Emmanuel. Emmanuel's blood being so effective as it fell to the ground, all the wonderful happenings around the cross occurred. And as Jesus went through each of the steps that he walked through, the blood was there in every step. How did he become Christ? When did he become Christ? Israel saw him as the Messiah Christ. But we see him as the resurrected, delivered Christ. The one who came out of the tomb with a new body and was delivered and was no longer seen under the same way physically as he was before they put him in the tomb. The only thing that was a resemblance of his old self was his voice. So he came out of the tomb as Christ, the victoriously anointed one, who had overcome death, hell, and the grave, taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave, come out, been resurrected into a new body that nobody recognized until he spoke. Even those on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize it until he made the dinner and began to speak over dinner. They didn't recognize him when he entered into the room through a locked door. And he reached out his hands and said, Peace be unto you. Look at my hands and look at my side. And they said, Surely this is Christ, Jesus. Well, what a picture. What a picture. But then we come to the Lord element. Why did the angel, when he was born, call him Lord? Why? Well, we look at it and we say with Paul, because at his name every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ was Lord. So what we spend our time doing is looking at him and saying, I must bow. Well, isn't that what they did whenever they saw him when he was born? They bowed and worshipped him. Well, we must all bow before his lordship. There is no doubt about that. But we don't know why. We don't know why we must bow. We want to call him Lord and some will teach that you can be saved, but never come into his lordship. You don't have to have him as Lord to be saved. All you have to do is believe, and you can be saved. The lordship is irrelevant. Well, when you begin to understand what I'm about to tell you about why the angel said on the day he was born, that Savior we get, Christ we understand, but Lord we've never known. Why did he say that? Well, he said that because when Jesus Christ was pronounced Lord and given the exalted name of Lord, there was a reason. And it harkens back to his birth. Because when God made man in Genesis chapter 1, he made man in the image of us and gave every bit of man's of control of the earth to Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve had complete dominion is the word. And God looked around and this is how we know this to be so. Because God looked down at Adam as he named all of his creation and stood off to the side, never intervened, and said, huh, that's good. What Adam, how Adam is handling this dominion thing is good. So Adam named everything that was and is created by God. And Adam stood there with all of this coming at him. And out of the divine mind and the image of God, Adam began to say, you're a lion, you're a bear, you're a bird, you're an eagle, you're a what we know of as a serpent. Adam named them all. God said, that's good. Adam's got it. Adam has the ability. Adam can go into the Garden of Eden and he can nurture everything, take care of everything. And the Garden of Eden is left in good hands because Adam has the ability to function and think like I think. Oh, what a man Adam must have been. Then in the cool of the day, the Bible said Adam would walk with God and they obviously would discuss the issues. What's going on in the garden? He would give a little report probably to God about what all he did that day. And God would probably fold his arms and say, hmm, that's good. What a story, huh? What a picture. The problem is we don't see God's intervention in the garden. We see Adam in dominion. There is Adam doing it all. God simply meeting with him in the cool of the day. Then along comes a serpent. Now that serpent was one that Adam had named. They knew the serpent. There was no reason to be afraid of the serpent. So the serpent comes along and there he is and he begins to talk to Eve. Eve knew the serpent. There was no reason to have fear of the serpent because it was one that Adam had named. They wouldn't fear the serpent any more than they would fear the lion. Why? Because they all got along. They were in perfect harmony. But out of that serpent's mouth came a voice. God standing around wondering where is Adam and what is Adam doing? And the voice began to speak to Eve and surely it said to Eve, you know God's lied to you. If you'll eat this, you could be equal with God. So Eve takes, now watch this now, takes this fruit, eats it, and she takes it to bone of her bone and flesh of her flesh. Isn't that what Adam called her? He said, we, we do it in marriage ceremonies. You are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We and you are married. We, me and you are in this for good or bad. We're in this for sickness or health. So she takes it to bone of her bone. The man who promised her, I will have you in me and you'll be in me and I'll be in you and we'll be as tight as your teeth. Hands it to him. He looks at her and says to himself, she bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Surely she wouldn't hurt me. So he eats of it and all of a sudden the scales of his eyes fall off. What's just happened? Dominion has left. Dominion has now changed hands. Because it wasn't Eve he was after, it was Adam. Because Adam was the one who had the spirit of us. She was formed from his rib, but Adam was the one who had not only the spirit of us, but Adam was the one who had the command of God. So Adam gives away dominion. Dominion is now lost. 
How how was dominion lost? Because the thing God could not do, which was enter into somebody and speak out of them because he had given dominion to Adam. Satan didn't have that as his issue. He enters into the serpent, and he speaks out out of the serpent, and the serpent beguiles Eve, the Bible says. And dominion is lost. Now God has a fundamental issue. That fundamental issue shows up in Genesis chapter 3. And he says that from this woman is going to come a seed. That seed is going to to bruise your head and you'll bruise his heel. Serpent, you are now to crawl along the ground as long as you live. And Adam, you're to scratch your living out of the thing you're made out of. You're to scratch the ground for your living. And you you know you were made out of dirt. There was going to come a seed now. That was going to come out of dirt. Haggai 3.19 says that that seed was born in a barn. And it gives us the date that it was born. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan stood up the other day and said, all of this stuff about Jesus Christ is a lie from the white man. The white man tells you that he was born on this day in December, and that's a fallacy. Well, my friend, you ain't reading the book. The book tells you in Haggai chapter 3 what day he was born and where he was born. It isn't a picture, and it isn't, or it isn't a secret, rather. All you got to do is read the scripture. It'll come right out to you. So here we are now, and what was the reason that Jesus Christ was born? Well, the reason that he was born was because God needed a man to take back dominion. There had to be a man that would take back dominion and carry the blood of God to a cross and by the legal form of sacrifice, sacrifice himself and give himself through the blood so that the atonement for mankind could occur. That's why the baby was born. The baby had to be born to become Lord. Now watch this now. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus speaks. And it says, For all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. What just happened? The baby just spoke and said, Now I have dominion. I'm in control of both heaven and I'm in control. How did he get it? He came as a baby. Had he not come and been birthed as a baby, there would never have been a way for God to get dominion back. Now watch this now because it's bigger than just him saving you. It's bigger than just him delivering you. Because if you're saved, that's a wonderful thing. Salvation will put you in touch with the eternal realm and the everlasting God. That's a wonderful thing. Every man, woman, boy, and girl should be saved. We should all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the blood. If you're not saved, you need to be. Because we're living in a day whenever at the moment's time your soul could be called and, and required of you. We're living in a day when at the moment's time Jesus could come and this is the first time in the history of the preaching of the coming of Jesus Christ that it can be said in literal terms. 
For years we preached it in hope of it. Now we look at prophecy being fulfilled on every television around the world. And we just know and know and know that what God is bringing to a conclusion is happening and tumbling down through the courses of time because he is the ancient of days whose counsel will stand forever. Yeah. So here he stands. You must be saved. You must know him as Christ. Because if you don't know him as Christ, this is what's going to happen to you. Your sin nature is going to destroy you. It's going to tear you up. It's going to work on you so badly that you will go into things like anxiety, depression, compression, oppression. You'll become a pedestrian of a person, never encountering your destiny in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you don't live under any anointing. You don't live under any deliverance. You don't live under any power. And the sin nature. Well, look at this now. I got saved, Pastor. Yes, you did. But saved means that you gave your heart to Jesus. Saved did not ever tell you that your sin nature would be destroyed because you got saved. Countless millions of people have raised their hands in churches around the world and said, I want to be saved. And, and they will believe and pray a prayer and we will know that God is worthy to answer that prayer. But the issue is they go out and they cannot control the lustful, sinful, selfish desires. And what happens? They turn around and give up, most of them. Or some of them will say, well, now they tell me grace will cover all of this so I can sin and live like I want to, talk and act like I think, and I can say whatever I want to say and have whatever I want to have. And God, well, he will take care of me by grace. No, not the way it works, my friend. If we are getting saved and never coming into the, uh, the understanding of him as Christ, then we have nothing more than giving the devil the opportunity to grab you by the hair of the head and sling you around. I remember years ago, I had a, 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 a little lady. I was in the fourth grade. She was in the fifth. And she always liked my hair. I used to have long blonde hair. And I'll never forget, she liked my hair. So one day she came up and she ran her fingers through my hair. Oh, my. I thought, what is she doing? Next thing, she pulled on it a little bit. I said, oh, stop, that hurts. She said, it does. She latched onto my hair and began to pull me all over the playground. I followed her, didn't have no choice. Of course, I'd do this right here, screaming all the while. That's how the devil will do you if you just get saved. He will drag you around like you're a rag doll. He'll drag you through the mud. He will drag you through your memory. He will drag you through your past. He will drag you through your hurts. He will bring up everything and anything that he can do to keep you from coming under the knowledge that you don't 
have to live in just the condition of being saved. You can live in a condition of anointing where Christ Jesus, the one who has delivered you from that old nature and that old man, can come into you to such an extent that you can rise up and resist the devil and watch him flee from you. You could draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You could never give place to the devil, but you must know what it takes to be able to accomplish that place. Well, you got to come to him as Christ. You got to be delivered from that old sin nature. Some man said stinking thinking, and I believe that's probably a very accurate term. You got to be delivered from that. How are you going to do it? The angel told you the ending from the beginning. He said the way to get delivered from the stinking thinking of life is find him as Christ. Isn't that something? Told you exactly what to do from the day he was born. Then... The angel also told you what was about to happen. He said he's going to become Lord. When he becomes Lord, he will be bigger than you just bowing your knee. He will become greater than you just surrendering your tongue. He will become the ultimate man of dominion. He will become the one through whom God does what God does. Think about that. Jesus walked among those Jews. They came to him with blind, deaf. They came to him hungry. They came to him paralyzed. They came to him full of demons. They came to him throwing themselves in the fire. And out of that body, God did something that he could not do until he got a body. He could not do until he got a body. Someone said, no, wait a minute, Pastor. We read the story of Israel. You are correct. God did all that he did from the heavens. He provided all that he could provide for Israel. And they gave him a name. They called him Jehovah Jireh. They called him all of those great names of the nine names of Jehovah that I wrote a book about. He was Elyon. He was El Elyon. He was all of the great uh, wonderful things that he could be. And they identified what God was doing. Well, where did they see it? Well, they saw it in a pillar by... Uh, 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 a cloud by day. They saw it in a fire by night. They saw it in manna from heaven. They saw it as God worked upon mankind. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them and they would do some great feat. The problem was that when they got done, they would come out and they would go back into being themselves and every one of them went back to sin. All of them went back to sin. Look at David, Saul, Samson. All of them went back to sin. Why? Because whenever they were under what the Spirit of God had placed upon them, they were able to do the things that needed to be done, but the Spirit of God was never in them. Watch the language. He was upon them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them, upon them. He was never in them. Therefore, they could not continue to operate. So what did God do? 
God said we need some way, some means for man to be forgiven of their sins and for man to have some semblance of a relationship with me that operates through blood. So he made the tabernacle and he made the blood sacrifices. And he said, for whatever your sin are, here are the steps and the animals that you would sacrifice and their blood will cover your sin. Then came Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus came as a body. What was in the body? The blood of God. What did the body do? It showed us the Father. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I do nothing but what I hear my Father say or what I have seen my Father do. Now think about that. Out of his body, out of his body, begin to flow the acts and works of God. Now you know the Christmas story. That baby right there wasn't brought for us to just say, uh, Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. No. That baby didn't come for us to sing a nice Christmas carol about Nazareth or Bethlehem. That baby didn't come for any of that. He came and we recognized that, but we never recognized the truth about why he came. The Christmas story was told from the beginning how it would end up. In the beginning, he would come with the blood. He would become a Savior. That Savior would be Christ, who would victoriously anoint you above the sin of this world. He would save you from it. Then he would victoriously deliver you from it. What's that mean, Pastor? It means you don't have to be in bondage any longer. You don't have to be in bondage any longer. The angels prescribed what Jesus would be and what he would accomplish. And then he said, you don't have to be sick anymore. You don't have to be downcast anymore. You don't have to have anything less than total dominion anymore. Jesus said, in my name, now that all the lordship of heaven is given unto me, I have every ounce of power in the spiritual world in heaven and I have every ounce of power in the natural world in the earth because I have a body. Now I'm going to tell you this and I don't want you to forget it. Now we know why he is the man in the Godhead bodily. He is the man in the Godhead bodily because as Lord, he took dominion and he sat down at the right hand of God. And this is what God said. From this day forward, you put your feet up here, young man, because of your dominion, every enemy of yours is going to be brought under your feet. Glory be to God. He's the man in the Godhead. Glory. He is the Lord with dominion over everything. So what in your life is he need for you to give him dominion over? This is what Jesus said in Mark 16. He said, in my name, in my name, there is dominion. That dominion that's going to flow out of me is going to come out of my name. And every demon shall bow and every demon tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, the exalted name of glory, every knee must bow. So what is the knee? 
you need to bow? Do you need healing in your body? Well, I want to tell you, the Lord has had has dominion over your body. Do you need something done in your finances? The Lord has dominion over your finances. He said that at my name, every demon shall bow. You'll speak with new tongues. You will not be injured by anything outside of you. What kind of dominion is that that could put me in a bubble of the Spirit of God and allow Him to be my shield and Him to be my buckler and Him to be my dwelling place? What kind of a man do we have who is Lord with complete dominion and power over everything that's around me? My friend, we have it in His name is Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's who we have. He is Lord with complete dominion. So from wherever you are, in whatever condition you are, if you are staying in the conditions of being saved, this is what you're forfeiting, friend. You're forfeiting the dominion of Jesus Christ. You are saying, I believe in him, but you will not come into dominion. You will not come under dominion. You will not live in his dominion. Why? Because you won't follow him. You won't follow him. What do you mean, pastor? I'm telling you, Jesus said himself, pick up your cross and follow me. If he said, pick up your cross and follow me, he did not mean just to the cross because he didn't go there and stay there. He said for you to die with him, go and take your old dirt body that was created for you by your mother, just like his was created for him. His old dirt body, his mama's body, and he took it to the tomb and he left it there. Why? He didn't need his mama's dirt body anymore. He didn't need his mama's influence anymore. He had all of the influence that he needed as the Holy Ghost oversaw the acts of which the Ancient of Times has spoken and said, my counsel of which I have given, I will stand on and I will not leave his soul in hell, but I will bring him out of there and he will sit on my right hand as the man in the Godhead bodily and I will enter into men and I will bless men and I will speak to men and I will show them great and mighty things that are to come. That, my friends, is the story of Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. Not just that little baby in a manger. What a sweet thing he was. Thank God he went from lamb to lion. Hallelujah. He went from lamb to lion. He's not a lamb anymore. He went to the cross as a lamb. When he went to the tomb, he was still a lamb. But the lamb's body was left. And when he came out of that region of the damned, he came out so victoriously anointed, so beautifully prepared, that he looked at Mary and said, don't touch me. 
Don't touch me now. Don't hold on to me and don't touch me. Because I'm prepared to go do something you're not prepared to do. Listen now. I'm prepared to go do something you ain't prepared to do, Mary. You can love me. You can call me master. You can call me rabbi. You can call me teacher. You can call me prophet. But I'm prepared to go do something you ain't prepared to do. Why? Because Mary had never been to the cross. Oh, pastor, she saw him on the cross. Seeing him on the cross is what the world is doing. They see that Jesus went to the cross. They hear the message of what Jesus did there. But seeing that he went there is not the reason. So Mary was not ready. Even though she had been with him and heard him, she was not ready. She was not prepared for what Jesus would do until John chapter 20, when Jesus walked into the room and said, Peace be unto you. And he stretched out his hands and they said, This is him. He has risen from the dead and he is alive. Now they are prepared. They ain't done, though, because Acts chapter 2 was coming. The world doesn't want to go into Acts chapter 2. The church wants to teach that Acts chapter 2 is not necessary. Well, I want to tell you why the baby came. I want to tell you why the baby came. He came for dominion. He came for dominion. Now, did you notice, and I'm about to be done, did you notice that when I told you what he came for dominion, that I said that his dominion would be over your healing? Did you hear me say that his dominion would be over your finances? Well, he came for that dominion. He did. But I'm going to tell you how that dominion is going to come to you. How that dominion is going to come to you. Someone said, Pastor, don't I just bow before the Lord? No, no, no. That would be true if that's the last thing Jesus did. That would be true if that's the last thing Jesus did, but it wasn't. It was not. Paul said that you would come to him and be complete in him. That meant that when Paul brought up the fact that he was the man in the Godhead bodily, the only way you were ever going to be complete was when the man in the Godhead bodily purposed himself in you as he did in the 120 on the day of Pentecost. That is the only mechanism where complete and total dominion is brought into the factor because he is the man in the Godhead bodily. And from being the man in the Godhead bodily, he sent the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, this is the mystery that's been hidden from the world for all the years Christ can be in you the hope of glory Christ can speak through you the hope of glory now we have a completely different understanding the blood has brought an activation grace has brought an application and faith has brought an appropriation that has walked us through every step that the man in the Godhead bodily walked through that my friends is the full counsel of God that will stand the test of time think about it here we stand the man in the godhead bodily has spoken 
out of the heavens. And he has said, I will lead you and guide you into all truth. I will show you things that are to come. I will give you things that are you are to speak. I will minister to you in places that you find no opening and no methodology for any blessing. I will come to you, and I will not leave you comfortless. What a mighty God we serve. God knew the beginning from the end, my friend. He knew what was going to happen in the end, even as the beginning was being spoken. Now you know the truth about the little baby. Now you know the truth. He was born to be all the things. Now watch it now. Did you hear what I said? He was born to be all the things. But the world wants him to be one of the things. He was born to be all of the things. He wasn't just born to be a savior. He wasn't just born to be the victorious Christ. He was born to be all those things. Lord. He was born to be Lord. He was born to be the man in the Godhead bodily. Now I want to tell you this. When Jesus Christ came in himself, he brought the blood. As I said, the blood would activate grace. We've totally misinterpreted grace. We don't understand grace. We think grace alone is a covering of itself. It's not. The blood, the blood, the blood is the atoning mechanism. The blood activates grace. Grace then can be applied to anything along the way. It starts at the cross. It applies to the cross where the blood fell. And the cross brings you into relationship of forgiveness and healing. Then the blood proceeded to the tomb where he uh, eliminated the dirt body. But the blood was there and the blood was left there as his garments were left. The blood, the blood. Now, he had the blood with him there, and the blood has given you complete ability to have your spirit man preserved. Then he goes to the tomb. The blood is still there. The blood is still there. From there, he delivers you and becomes the victoriously anointed Christ. He goes to be the high priest, and the blood is still there. And in each of these steps, grace is being opened to you. Grace to die to yourself. How do you do it? By faith. You appropriate it by faith. In the tomb, how do I come? How do I defeat the sin man? My sin nature. The blood is there. If the blood is there, grace is there. If grace is there, faith can be applied to it. And as faith is applied to grace, you can be made free. You can bring be brought out of bondage. You can walk in the acceptable year of the Lord. You can have a year of jubilee. Now as he goes to be the high priest, what's there? The blood is there. Why is the blood there? Because the blood is activating something on your behalf. What's it's activating? Grace. What is happening with this grace? You are coming into worship. You are appropriating your faith to worship. Then he steps over into glory where he is producing blood in the, in the place of his father. And the Lord says to him, now your Lord, this blood has brought full and complete dominion to you. You now are given all power in heaven and earth. What's happened? Grace has been released. What's it been released to do? What's it been activated to do? 
to be applied to your life so that you could live and walk and understand the dominion of Jesus Christ. And if you do, you understand how God got back into man. Then he goes, comes back and tells us what he's done. He tells us what is next. And he ascends into glory and they look up and say, the angels say, this man that you've just seen leaving you is going to come back just like you've seen. And they begin to go about and prepare for the infilling of the power of God. And from the throne room of God where the blood resides, the blood is activated and grace is applied and 120 of them begin to speak in a language that those on the outside heard. And throughout the book of Acts, we see this over and over and over and over again as people are coming into this spirit walk where the man in the Godhead bodily is living in them and speaking out of them and directing them and taking care of them and giving them a word, a measure for the moment so that they can be more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Oh, oh, that's the Christmas story. It's not just some of it. It's all of it. It's not just the birth of a baby. It's why the baby was born. And the angels told us, one before and one when, what the end would be from the very beginning. Bow your head, close your eyes. Father, we thank you today for the Word of God. For the Word of God is rich and real and true. This Christmas season, God, may we understand that we are given by your Lordship dominion. But greater still, we are given because He is the man in the Godhead bodily the ability to have Him live in us, the ability to have Him speak in us. And just as devastating as the voice was that came out of the serpent to Eve, there is a second Adam who will be as enlightening, as empowering, more resourceful and more of a blessing to us as we allow Him to speak out of us. He will be more creative. He will give dominion. He will walk in power, in presence with us. And we will present through us Jesus Christ to the world. More and greater than the serpent that brought darkness into this world. For greater is he that will be in you than he that was in the world. Greater. 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 How's he going to be greater, Pastor? He'll be greater whenever we allow him to speak through us. Communicate through us. 
minister through us. Bring about all power. Be endued with all power. That's what the Christmas season is about. Now, Father, as we pray, as we see for the first time what the baby has done, what your plan for the baby was, may we receive it today. May we take it into our heart and accept what you have done. That dominion now is totally given back to us in Jesus' name. That the power of light is totally ours. We are brought out of darkness and the voice of the serpent into light, into the voice of a king to hear him say to us, go and do, my child. Here is your blessing, my child. Here is your chore, my child. Here is your task, my child. Here is what I want you to do, my child. Here is where I want you to go, my child. Here is what I want you to say, my child. Here is the worship I want to come out of your mouth, my child. Here is the thing I want you to produce and perform in my name. And as you do, I, I, having spoken through you, will manifest it. And it will come to pass in your life. Why? Because I have dominion in my name. Stand with me and take it. Father, we receive it today. We take this Christmas story. For we understand it now. We see what you have done. We minister to you from what you have accomplished for me. You've given me the opportunity to know you completely. To worship you completely. To live for you completely. And for you to live through me. So that I could call on the blood. And the blood will allow me to apply grace to anything in my life that my faith can attain to. Anything in my life. All I have to know is that I am complete in you. That I have gone to the ending where the angel said I needed to go. I've gone all the way. Now lift your hands and praise Him. Father, we thank You and we thank You and we praise You and we worship You. We receive Your Word today, God. For Your Word is rich and real. Your Word is truth. Your Word is more truth than even we can fathom. But as we come to know You, God, we can have more wisdom. We can have more knowledge. We can be able to apply more of your word. We can understand the information and comprehend it. We can know that we know that we know what spirits we're following. We minister to you today and love you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. To those of you on Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio or Mike Springston FFC Podcast. I hope today's message has opened your eyes to what actually happened in the Christmas story. Because if you get it, and if you study it, and if you follow it through, you're going to find out that there is dominion that He has given from Himself directly to you. 
and all of the things that Jesus said in John 4:18 that the Spirit of the Lord had sent him to do is done. It's already done for you. All you have to do is come into it. Come into this walk. Come into this way. And let Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead, minister to you in the depths of dominion as the second Adam. If you don't know Him today, pray this prayer. Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I want to know You. I want to have peace with You. I want to walk with you, and I want to know you in truth. Amen. If you did that, then let's get on this way. Stay with us and let us teach you Scripture. Find yourself a church nearby. If you're not in our neighborhood, if you're in our neighborhood, come see us. We'll teach you the Word of God. We'll share things with you that probably no one else is telling you. So we'll look forward to seeing you soon. May God bless you. My friends, we're going to dinner. Let's bless the food. Father, we bless this food we're about to receive. We pray in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that you will minister it to our body. Bless every hand that had a hand in preparing this and let us enjoy fellowship in this hour. Keep us safe under your uh, hands. And we'll give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Six o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. Facebook. God bless you. Let's go eat.